You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series, which syndicates for the A-List online. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and the interview subject I have coming up for you is yet another brilliant artist from Perth, Western Australia. Laurie Luke is his name. The reason for the conversation is to promote his brand new EP, which is titled Way Back When. So let's have a listen to what Laurie has to say. Here we go. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, t- I tell you, man, I- I've really been enjoying this album, this EP, this collection of songs. It's, I know it's early days, man. It's the 22nd of January, but I always get sent a lot of music to me, man. It's actually my favourite collection of songs the year so far. So you've got to take your compliment. Oh, wow. Thanks, so, man. That, that's, that's huge. Thank you very much. So, so I'm going to go through why, okay? So probably the thing that I picked up on a while ago because Lee sent me across a copy of the, uh, the single edition of Rainbow Bomb, so yep. the reverb lace piano at the end is just divine. I really love what you guys have done with that. It's only a little bit, but I love those that attention to detail. I'm a stickler for attention to detail. Okay. So, yeah, absolutely. And and further to that, the EP way back when. Okay, yeah, it's a it's an e- an epic collection of songs. Okay, and what I'm hearing. So bear with me here. I'm going to paint you with a very broad brush here, but I hope you agree. I hope you find some a some humour and b some common ground in what I'm saying here. But if Rob Thomas from Matchbox Twenty joined the Killers, and then they're all locked in a room for a week and were forced to listen to Mr. Bungle, I reckon they might come up with something that sounds a lot like what you guys have done here with uh, Wow Way Back wow. When. So what do you, what do you think? Um, it's it's interesting. Um, I've like I I'm a I'm a fan of um, Mike Patton, and I, I get the, the the Mr. Bungle kind of. Um, oh, it, it's very open and broad, and um, they they took a lot of chances, I guess. And then the the Rob Thomas thing is funny because I'm I'm not a I'm not really a Matchbox Twenty Rob Thomas fan, but I I appreciate you know he's a great singer and whatnot. Um, but it's funny, yeah, I've had that comparison a couple of times, which is. Which is, um, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's, um, it's great. Um, and then the killers, yeah, I, I'll take it, man. <laughs> yeah, sure. no, it's, it's look, it really is sterling stuff. You know, I can't stand Matchbox Twenty either, by the way. But like you, I really appreciate Rob Thomas's talent. So do take that as a compliment, yeah. by the way, because there are a lot of singers out there that would love to have a voice like the one that you've got. Wow, thank you very much, man. That's, um, yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's, it's powerful, but it's not overbearing. It actually, it reminds, on a, on a further note, I'd say it reminds me a lot of the, you know, the great vocalists of a bygone era, like the Chris Cornells as well. It's got that power behind wow. it. Wow, that, that's huge, man. Um, yeah, Chris Cornell, he's a, he's a, um, just a big, inf- big influence on me, not um, just singing-wise, just um, music and uh, lyricist and just, just everything, basically, all round. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, huge influence on me. Mm. What about... Concrete Jungle Land, that would probably be my favourite cut on the EP. So who's joining you on that? Who's the female vocal belong to? So the, the female vocal is actually an old friend of mine um, who, I, who I went to high school with and I hadn't seen her for uh, longer than I'd care to admit. But, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, we just kind of... I can't remember how we crossed paths, but it was um, very off the cuff and just um, I was... At that point in time, I was recording or finishing recording that song in a rehearsal studio. Um, so she just came out for an afternoon and, um, yeah, we put that down and it, it just suited it uh, perfectly. So, 
Mm. Um, that came together really well. Um, yeah, her name is Honey Connell. She's a she's a fantastic singer. She's unreal. Yeah, no, great great partnership you got yourselves there. Do you think you'll recreate that live that partnership? Well, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm actually looking to do that. Um, we've got our EP launch uh, the fifteenth of February at the Indie Bar, and um, I, I'm looking to have her jump up on um, that song. Uh, to oh. Well, yeah, hopefully if we can do it at some point. Um, we're, we're actually rehearsing it all up at the moment, so mm. uh, we'll see how we go. Mm. Okay. Now, I hope you don't mind me saying this. It's just that it's, it's, it's a real issue that I have with... Um, or it's, it's just the internet age, okay? So you've got such an outstanding release here, an EP here that I think really should be listened to by a hell of a lot more people than, unfortunately, it probably will be, mate. So... Um, What's your idea for a promotion? Like, how do you plan on getting it into onto Spotify playlists and on Apple Music playlists and the like? Because I know all that stuff costs money to get that sort of promotion behind it, man. But I really do feel as though you've got a really strong, strong uh, collection of cuts here, man, that won't look out of place on almost any decent modern rock and pop playlist. Um, I just, it's, it's a, it's a, um, it's absolutely a hundred percent correct. Like, it's, it's tough. It's. Um, I think with technology, it's always there's always a catch twenty two for whatever you gain, you lose other um, mm. other, other possibilities, I guess. Um, but at the same time, um, I've hooked up with uh, obviously Adam from Firestarter, so he's kind of looking after the online distribution side of things, um, and I'm just trying to get the name out as much as possible and play um, playing live our main thing we we've got a really solid uh live show um and yeah just just basically pushing as hard as much as possible yeah um and it's it's not an easy thing but i'm i'm well aware and um realistic of you know what um the reality of (laughs) of the situation in in the music business you know Mm, yeah well um what about touring abroad? Because I, I do feel pretty strongly about these songs, man. So do you think you'll be able to say, you know, a couple of songs in Europe or a couple of, sorry, a couple of uh, gigs in Europe and maybe even some in North America? Is that even potentially on the horizon? Uh, that's, that's um, if any opportunity opportunity ever uh, arose like that, I would I would definitely grab grab it and go for it at 100%. Um, we're definitely looking at getting over to the, the East Coast. Um, it's uh, hopefully within maybe three or four months' time to do um, maybe like a run from Melbourne up to Brisbane and something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, but as far as overseas, that's that's a whole other kind of um, yeah, it is, yeah. kind of nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I would love to do it at any point. Absolutely, I'd be... I'd be up for that 100%. Mm. The other feature of the album that, that I really enjoyed too, and uh, I'm, I'm a career bassist, so I actually really enjoyed listening to the bass guitar performance on this, so congratulations to your bassist for that there. But it's that sounds like an integral part of the music, and there, that was actually the principal connection to the Killers that I drew, because the Killers have wow, a tremendous bassist. Wow. that's um, Yeah, that's actually me playing the bass. Is that you, man? Right. Well, well done, dude. Yeah, I, I, I play... Um, I play pretty much everything on that record except drums um, and the saxophone. And um, there's, I had a young bloke come in and play play some keys on Rainbow Bomb and on Concrete Jungle. But everything else you hear on there, is, um, that's me. Holy shit! 
Yeah, well, that's talent, yeah. man. That's real talent right there. That's um, <laughs> yeah. a lot of people who play the bass as a secondary instrument, I'm sure, as you're aware, put literally no effort into it, but you've put a hell of a lot of effort into the bass sound and the notes the note and the choice of uh, note placement. Yeah, I, I really tried to lock in um, with the drums as much as I could and have have space between notes and um, just just make it uh, interesting as everything else on the record, basically, just to have that um, solid solid bed to build upon, you know. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I appreciate the compliment. That's great. Man, have you? Uh, this is uh, this is one of those comments that's uh, look. No disrespect to to the rest of the uh, you know, the collective, as it appears. Certainly from the uh, the video for uh, Rainbow Bomb and, and your your bandmates. But mate, have you thought about relocating and going to New York and Los Angeles and just giving it a red hot go? Uh, I I would love to. I've actually got a I've got a I've got a pretty young family at the moment, so I've, I that would be kind of a tough tough thing to do. But um. Like I said, I'm I'm definitely at a point where I'm open to any opportunity that kind of rears its head at some point. Hopefully, fingers crossed. So, hmm. um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm quite open to it. But at the same time, there's there's reality and there's you know uh, paying bills and raising kids and all that kind of stuff as well. So no, I'm hearing you. I'm in the same position. Yeah, I know it's it'd be yeah, a massive. It's just obstacle. a balancing act, you know. Yeah, yeah. Look, it, look, it is, and you got to do. You're clearly a born musician, mate. So you got to do what you do, right? And I think it's the fact that with all of those commitments and pressures, family, job, bill paying, all that stuff you mentioned, mate, that you can still find yeah. the time to play music is a wonderful thing. It's a, it's a real credit to your commitment. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, it's it's just something I've I um, it's it's not really a tr- it's just something you do, you know. Um, if I if I don't do it, I I go a little bit stir crazy, I guess. So, <laughs> I know the feeling. Um, yeah, yeah, and 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 with that, uh, with this record, um, like I, I've been recording and uh, playing for quite a while, but I've never actually released anything um, to this extent um, online and had had a bit of PR and stuff like that. Mm. So um, it's it kind of, it's pretty much my fifth or sixth album, to be honest. Um, but it's just the first one that I've actually released. All oh, right, okay. So you actually were releasing, you, you you were recording things and putting them together, but you hadn't actually released them prior to this. Well, no, no, I hadn't, and um, they weren't uh, scratch pieces or anything like that. These these are fully mixed and mastered and um, complete albums and records that I've kind of just. Um, I, I don't know too much about yourself uh, musician-wise, but uh, you get to the point of, um, at the end of recording, you're so sick of the songs that you've just got to move on to the next collection. That's basically what I've been doing. Um, but with this set, I really like I really uh, pushed myself musically with different instrumentation and stuff like that. So I, I wanted to put it out. Um, mm. And, yeah, here we are. Yeah, I, I think what you said is very true if you've got a very fertile creative wellspring. Okay, which you clearly do. I've noticed that because I go through periods where I just I've got nothing, and I'm I'm God. The worst songs that I would have created during my creatively fertile period, I would have given my little pinky toe to create to create again in the periods where I haven't felt creative. But you've you've clearly got a connection to your creative muse, so you can almost draw on it from the sounds of things whenever whenever you like. It's just got to be the circumstances have got to be right for you then to release the music. I take it. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a huge thing as well because obviously, um, uh, to release it, it's it's money, which is time, and then there's everything else. Mm. Um, so it's all 
Yeah, it's all, um, yeah, it's absolutely all, everything's about timing. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm quite happy getting it, like just getting to a point where I can see it, it's on Spotify and it's available. That's, <laughs> that's just a huge win alone, even if nobody listens to it. I actually, I actually put out a record, you know, and that's, um, that, that's got to be enough for me because, um, yeah, like I, I know how it is. You, I've, I've done shows where I've travelled six or seven hours to play to four people um, yeah, watching done football. That. Yeah, yeah and, yeah, and everyone does. And it's horrible. It, um, it, it's soul crushing, but at the same time, it kind of, it, um, I guess it cuts, it cuts um, musicians down to people who actually do it because it's a thing they have to do rather than somebody trying to be famous for something i guess if that makes any any kind of sense oh it does um, it makes complete sense to me because I, I play in terms of on stage i'm playing covers these days and uh the amount yep. of times i've played to bar staff and nobody else certainly nobody else that yeah. i can see but to your point they're the nights where you're really sort of you've almost got to be thankful that you even get to do them i think i mean i know it's tough you say you're traveling seven or eight hours to get to a gig and then you've got you know, people who are completely indifferent and the like. But what what do you do though? I mean, it's if you're a musician, you're a musician. You've just got to keep trucking. Well, absolutely. And it, uh, the other side of that is it, it builds up a, a really thick skin. And um, yeah, you do that for a couple of years, and you you're kind of bulletproof. And when you actually do get in front of an audience who's appreciative of the music, um, I find you can kind of notch it up a couple a couple of levels with that experience behind you. You know. Mm. I do, I do, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the the artwork too was interesting. Is there, is there a theme behind it? Because I noticed that the single for, um, oh, sorry, I said it a moment ago, didn't I? Um, Rainbow yeah, Bomb, uh, yeah, and also yeah. Uh, the EP cover art for Way Back When both have a yeah. pretty stark black and white theme. Yeah, I've, I've always been a fan of um, just classic black and white photography. It's, it's, a, it's timeless and it looks good. Um, and it's it just it, it just pops, um, and mm. there's a lot of texture and depth in it. Um, that kind of um, I don't know. It's just something I'm really drawn to, um, and I, I I actually had that um, in my head for a while before we kind of whittled down where we were actually going with the artwork. So mm. um, yeah, that's something I'll, I'll probably be sticking with uh, for a while anyway. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so are you are you doing physical releases as well, say CD? Yeah, we are. So with uh, they're just getting printed up at the moment. So um, so I'm hoping uh, we can get them sorted before we've got a short little Southwest tour here in WA to do. Um, so that'll be the first kind of run of uh, CDs available, um, mm. and depending how that goes, uh, we go from there. Um, like I said, I've. I've had mates who have gone out and, you know, printed off a thousand copies and been very optimistic, but they have maybe 950 CDs still sitting oh, under their bed. Yeah. <laughs> too crazy with it. Yeah, I've, I've been in that position, actually. I think I've still got a crate of a, an album that I was a part of back in, or an EP I was back, uh, a part of back in 2011. You hope for the best, yeah. but what do you what do you do? I mean, we did shows, and it's not not we didn't do. We, truth be told, we did fuck all. We didn't promote it as nearly as much as what we needed to do. But you, you still you go and hope for the best. To your point, and this was eight nine years ago now, when people kind of were still listening to CDs. But yeah, you're yeah. Better, better at printing up just fifty or sixty and just seeing how it goes. Well, yeah, we've just done a run of a hundred, and it's basically just something to uh, if 
you know, if we're playing a show and people enjoy it and they, they want a, you know, a physical kind of thing there and then on the night, um, it's available and it sounds a hundred times better than anything, you know, any oh, kind God, of... Oh, doesn't it? Oh, that's, that's oh, actually absolutely. the issue, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's a real issue, well, that MP3 quality stuff. It just isn't the same. I don't care what anybody says. It's nowhere near the same. Oh, no, absolutely not. And I, I, I actually still buy records and CDs, um, and I... And I always will. It's just, um, and then there's the there's the actual physicality of it, having it in your hand, and the artwork. Hmm. Um, checking out artwork on a, on a little phone screen in your pocket. It's just, it's not the same. Um, I kind of, it's a shame. Um, yeah, like I said, with technology, the you win some, you lose some. I find it's a shame um, that kids growing up now won't have that that thing everything's so accessible and free and quick there's no patience and um excitement um where whereas when i was younger i'd kind of wag high school if i knew a record was coming out and yeah. you, know, yeah. uh, you know like uh leading edge music at nine o'clock and have my pre-order in you know and then i'd just take off for the day with mates listening to the, the new album in the car all day um yeah that, that that's never going to happen again that kind of um, not like that anyway, you know. Mm. Oh, I remember. I remember waiting in 1996, for example, for Weezer's Pinkerton to come out, and I remember counting down the days. Yeah. And and I remember yeah. going into the city, and they had to actually cut open the box of CDs to give me the copy because I waited outside. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and and the Les Claypool solo album that came out the same year, I did the same thing there. I couldn't wait for to, for them to come out and to listen to them. And uh, yeah, it, a lot of that excitement has gone. And here's another point for you. I reckon. I'm a big fan of cassettes, and because yep. I've got young kids, and it sounds like you do too, they're very yep. they're tactile. They're very interesting for the kids to put on, and I've got the kids' little cassette players that I've got off eBay or wherever, and um, in their rooms, and they actually put on cassette tapes. So, do you think you'll you'll uh, indulge in a cassette release? You know, print up about ten or twenty. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, I that absolutely love to do. It's funny you should say that because I was actually talking to my son. He asked me today about cassette tapes if I had any, and I've got I've still got all my mixed tapes from, you know, nineteen ninety seven and ninety eight. So yeah, I'll, I'll have to I'll um, absolutely get onto a, a cassette release. I I think it's interesting being able to do short runs like that. Um, as much as it it's a novelty kind of thing now, I. Um, just for myself, like even having the record out, but having it on on tape or a CD, or and hopefully one day a record um, on vinyl would be, you know, that's that's kind of the the ultimate. Um, I think you can do when you when you're a musician. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I've got to say, I'm sort of I was a massive vinyl collector and ended up trading a lot of them with a um, a local place here at Landers Music on the Gold Coast, and um, okay, and I ended up trading a lot of them for CDs and cassettes. Uh, I just found I, I just found I wasn't listening to them as much, which I thought was weird because I, I know the sound quality is the best on vinyl. Yeah, and I've got a good Denon player and some good uh, Monster Clarity HD speakers, so it all it all sounds the business. But it's just it's weird. Yeah. It's just that I think it's because I've got the kids and I don't want them touching the vinyl because they've dropped a couple already and I don't want them to drop more. And uh, I just thought it was yeah, easy yeah. to exchange it for a cassette or a CD, and we are actually listening to it. Every morning or thereabouts, we uh, we listen to, we just call it morning music, and I've got a lot of strange um, alternative um, noise artists on uh, Bandcamp that I subscribe to. I bought a bunch of their, uh, their um, Ricardo Cometa being one of them, for example. I bought some of their tapes 
and we really enjoy it in the morning. It's sort of uh, anti-music stuff in the morning, you know, and uh, we put it on and it filters through the house and the kids get ready and eat their eggs and whatever else. And Time to go to school now. Hurry up. That's that's great. I, I, I think that's a really good experience of giving your kids, you know. Um, that'll filter through forever, as mm. it did, um, you know, when I was growing up. I, I always had music on in the background. And I, I specifically remember a music teacher telling the class um, that she listened to music at every chance possible, which, um, you know, on the toilet, in the shower, getting home, in the car. Um, she would play it throughout the class. And I, that always really stuck with me. Um, so it's, yeah, it's it's just everywhere all the time. And then mm. obviously whatever it is that's going to, um, whatever mood or setting you're in, you kind of tweak to just suit what's happening at the time. Mm. Indeed. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. So, mate, for, for those people listening, because, of course, I release this as part of my podcast series, um, how do they get in touch with you and how do they listen to your music through what platforms? Uh, they, so we're across all the uh, platforms. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Music, SoundCloud, YouTube, you know, all the kind of social media things. Um, if they enjoy what I do, I, you know, I welcome anybody to hit me up with an email if we can organise a show or you want some physical copies or um, yeah, anything else. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm an approachable person. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely look at getting one of those CDs, mate, when they when they're released. You have you got a time oh, frame? For sure. Oh, thank you, brother. Yeah, that, I, I'm really yeah. taken with this this collection of songs, and uh, I actually what I've got. You, you've got kids, so you know what it's like. I've got. We bought a Vuli, or Santa did, I should say. Santa bought a Vuli um, swing set for the kids, big thing, yep. and it came yep. with uh, one of the options was a speaker, so like a little Bluetooth speaker. And, oh um, wow! We've been, so you wrap it around one of the uh, pylons that hold up the swing set. And uh, yep. the speaker just sits there, it goes with you wherever you go, effectively. But we've been listening okay. to to the EP uh, whilst the kids have been out there, and they've been getting into it too, mate. So it's rare, mate. Oh, really? For... <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series, which syndicates for the A-List online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that conversation featured Western Australian artist Laurie Luke. Thank you so much for listening.